Alright guys, second episode of the podcast today, MC Anime here, and we have a special guest. Introduce yourself. Hello guys, my name is Roy Kemi, or Kemi for short. I am Mick's friend. Uh, how are you today, Mick? I'm hanging in there. So, okay, you excited for what we have in store to talk about? Yes, I am. And what are we talking about today? Um, so I guess our first topic will be uh, our anime. I think um, I think we'll talk about Naruto. No, no, no. What's the topic? Um. Hmm. Well, for Naruto, uh, Naruto. The about topic. The story. Huh? No, but so the topic we have today, we doing the main topic is going to be world building. World building is the concept of how they present the story and structure the world around the story itself. Okay. And the shows that we are talking about that exhibit world building to a degree that it's rec- uh, like recognized. One Piece, Made in Abyss, Berserk, and Attack on Titan. Uh, okay. So, to give you a perspective of world building, if a show would to create an environment, and that environment doesn't suit the world at all, what do you think that's good world building? Um... Um, hmm. that's kind of a difficult question to uh, answer. How can you like reward it or like? Sure. If let's just say an anime, for example, puts out a world, and that structure of the world really doesn't give nothing to it, can you really say that's good story building and the the structure of the world itself? The universe uh, in which they live in? I guess you could call it that, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so it has no story structure and doesn't really build on the world, just random. Do you think that would be a good example of what world building is? Um, it's a possibility, yeah, it could be one. Mm-hmm. Exp- how you know? Explain. Because, like, um... You know, like, as Naruto as a child, um, you know, like, his parents passed away, and, like, um, you know, during the village, people are mean Talking about Naruto! Huh? What? We're not talking about Naruto. No, what are we... Okay, I'm a little bit lost. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're doing One Piece, Made in Abyss, Berserk, and... One Piece. Uh, no, Attack on Titan. Yes. So let's say we give like a fictional element to. I don't know. We have a. We have a legendary sword. How are we going to build that world? The fictional un. The, the fictional universe. To where we have a good storyline and characters in, in, in the world itself. Um. Well, so if you have a legendary, legendary sword, what is the trope that you hear about? Um, like a hero. Okay, so you have a hero, a hero with the legendary sword. They go on a journey to find the pieces to build the legendary sword to bring back to defeat the great enemy. That is an example of world building. You take in smaller details and transform into a bigger story. And once you establish the universe that you are creating in the imaginary setting, then you ex- build upon that the class system, government, different countries, different people, stuff like that. So that's the implication that world building has on anime and storytelling as a whole. 
What do you think? Um, yeah. I, yeah, I like that. Yeah, I think that's how it should normally go, to be honest. Yeah, I kind of like that. Because if, if we didn't have world building, we wouldn't have no story at all because it would just be boring, you know? Yeah. So let's discuss uh, Attack on Titan real quick. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> what do you want to tell them? What strikes you as world building with Attack on Titan? Uh, what strikes it with world building? Yeah, what's an example that the concept of world building is very present in the storyline? Um, from like a world building perspective, um, I think for like like for better for um, so let's see. Trying to think of an answer here. Um, hmm. Uh. Hmm, well. Okay. So for people who do watch Attack on Titan, um, Tolkien uh, has, I think, has like better word building. But I think it's just, like, too much more accessible. Like, Tolkien can be often too much to handle at once. And it's like, you need to at least carry the weight of the world on your shoulders. And somehow it manages to keep the narrative simple enough to be followable. Mm-hmm. With the flashbacks and stuff. While building the world in the background without even realizing every scene with demo, etc. Served the purpose of giving a glimpse into that world. So that the city that the people are in the real, or like, for example, for contrast for Full Metal Alchemist, or I couldn't give, like, you know, whatever, uh, that country, what happened to them, it was like all the main characters. Well, here, the main characters are just here to save people and to have hard choices. The moral compass of the continuous evolution, because of the greater good keeps changing, uh, like, <laughs> so it's just so much. Uh, I think it's just my take on it. Okay. So, Attack on Titan exemplifies world building through different perspectives of, first, there's an entire city isolated from the outside uh, yeah, world. Within that isolated city, you have different textures and different walls. But, as we get a background in the beginning, we see their existence within that isolation wall basically build a border, put stuff behind uh-huh. it. Yeah, you stay behind the fortress. You hear me? Hello? Oh, yeah, I'm here. Okay. Did you hear me? You, yeah, I can hear you. You put yourself behind the fortress, and in that fortress, you isolate from society. And it's over time, Titans come over, break the wall. Now you're breaking the, the first security blanket that the wall provided for the people. So there's different elements into... Which not only do we see everything come crashing down and everything's totally different, but the everything that's been hidden for a hundred years comes into the spotlight and we see it more and more in the episodes progress. Yeah. Well, you also see the Titans' evolution as well. You see, you know, how humans become the Titans and how the lore ties itself with the different Titans that are present in different levels of the resistance being in form of Titans and actually trying to break the social status. Mm. Well, I think the mystery about the world as a whole has always been intriguing to me. Like, as long as, like, the aesthetic quality of, like, designs of the walls, the cities, um, it's even more fascinating because of, like, the the politics between various organizations and, like, the emotions, struggles of, like, the characters that are portrayed. So, realistically, in the context of the fictional world, um, how characters come into terms with harsh realities of their world, and emphasis is on, like, the politics and the uprising morally arcs, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, that, 
goes to show you, you know, we see the different Titans and which special Titan is going to be introduced in the story next. But even with the introduction of the Titans, we also have the system crumbling down. Wherever they hid outside the walls is now coming back. And now you see... Well, first you have also scarcity of food. The resources are depleted. As more and more Titans come in, you have more death presented within the anime itself. And for anyone that doesn't know, Titans are actually creatures that were once... had had human origins and now eating humans. And now they're just like big giants coming in. They exemplify the giants that eat humans, basically. Mm, I mean, well, like, in the terms of, like, also, yeah. Yeah. there's, like, um, it's kind of more like a way that the world has to, like, uh, to present it us that, mm-hmm. and that, okay, sorry, let me rephrase that again. So it's kind of, like, more like in the way that the world is, like, pre- presented to us. And that I, that, that's what I found brilliant about it. It's, like, since our idea of their universe gets shattered with like every new revelation it was like building a world within like a first chapter's episode to destroy it entirely during the rest of the manga and the journey to the truth was splendid by itself you know mm-hmm. uh. <clears throat> I mean you also goes to show you that we have the class issues of poor versus the rich the higher levels of the wall is implemented and you see it the lower district is basically disfranchised from the upper district, which is more the upper elite of society. And with that class system, we also have clashes on what is fair, what is not fair, and then the equal opportunity to join the military to defend themselves against the Titans as well. What do you think? Well, um... Well, the concept of like the three, like mm-hmm. the the three, the con the concretic walls, and of course like the whole lore behind the Titans, also like the mysteries behind the places such as like the Utgard Castle and the forest of the giant trees. Mm-hmm. But apart from that, the world it isn't really like actually amazing. It's actually basically just an early 20th century the copy of our world, except with the Titans, you know. Yeah, but the, the lore is totally different for the Titans affect more than just society. They have a hundred years of isolation and in that isolation are basically non-existing to the old world they were isolated from. The entire world has changed in that hundred years. I mean, yeah, I agree. I think it creates like the best mystery from the world building. It's like very well thought out and rarely contradicts itself. And, like, almost every little detail matters as uh, far as anime, manga. It's probably one of my favorite ever, actually. (laughs) And, of course, you know, there's, like, other series with deeper lore as well, though. Like, it has, like, an actual entire history and whatnot. And I think even some side books going into, like, the detail about them. And the Final Fantasy games tend to have amazing lores yeah. as well, although sometimes not fully explored, you know? Well, yeah, that's, that brings up an interesting topic, because video games as a medium existing because of the lore. They literally... There's literally a case study for video games as a source of outstanding world structure and world building as a story element. Most people expected the games will have that element for most of it needs to be constructed in order to play the game. Mm. Like, in terms of, like, the best, though, I'm not really sure. Mm-hmm. There's, like, too much that doesn't make that much sense at all. And then, I mean, like, the dimensions of things feel way off and the numbers don't add up. I saw like a post a while back that pro- that proved that the entire stated population of humanity inside the walls could comfortably live inside the wall, assuming that the land of virility, etc., is a- similar to the real world, which is like a fair assumption to make, uh, I think. And Are you referring to, to film theory? Huh? You're referring to film theory, aren't you? 
Well, no, because, like, no, 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 no. No, I, I kind of sound like it, though. Because no. the film theory also did something about the uh, scarcity of food and actually how much food can the poor acre landscape and then the three walls actually feed the citizens and how many years they can withstand with that food by themselves. I mean, yeah, I know what you're talking about. You know, I'm, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, like, that's just my thought on it, to be honest. Uh, well, yeah, with uh, Titans, we also have different elements of, you know, what is the human soul after it? Are you just going to become a Titan or are you going to die a normal cause, which is a human? It really comes down... If I would become that creature, would I basically lose my humanity? It really strikes that question, really. Yeah, I kind of feel like there's also like two other great story elements of Attack on Titan that I really like. Like, um, well, for example, the first one on the side characters, mm. lots of them have like uh, one or two character traits that make them really likable. Characters like Ian, Morrow, Hans, Newspaper Guy, Flock, and the Reeves, they're like really great people, and they bring humanity to the side of the characters, which normally just feel boring. The other great story element is just ASL's love of surprises, and this keeps the series on its toes, you know? Yeah, and, you know, from one context to the next... Well, like, as I said before, yeah. the world great... Uh, the world building Titan Titan is also great, because, like, again, the mystery is what gets unraveled as our, oh, yeah. um, as we follow along with these characters. Mostly, we're in humanity's perspective, which means that as more discoveries are made, we understand more and more about the world and how it feels and the character's shoes because both of the audience and the characters yep. are in the dark. Plus, there's also a little hints of everything, so not feels as, as, as poorly, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And another uh, storyline that reminds me of Attack on Titan with the uh, danger and fantasy aspect, well, more or less, Made in Abyss. You know, we have an orphan girl, Rico, who lives in the, the orphanage of Orth, a strange giant hole descending deep into the earth, which is known as the Abyss. So what do you think about that description? We, they have a giant I mean, hole in the earth known as the abyss. Well, I mean, I think it's pretty good, actually. Like, it's very intriguing, well-paced, delivered in like variety of like ways that allow explosion dumps to also perfectly natural story beats that still raise questions of their own. Mm-hmm. Um, with like many people, the towns and nations of all competing with their own goals as Bonnie rising naturally from their ongoing experiences i think it's very very good i wouldn't put it over like the lord of the rings just yet but i think it's still pretty good you know what i mean <laughs> like well, uh yeah yeah and also uh, another aspect of made in abyss the abyss hovers an artifacts of remembrance of civilizations long gone therefore a popular hunting spot for the so-called cave writers who undertake dangerous descendants into the mist pit to recover whatever relics they can find. So the abyss is like a time capsule of all the lost civilizations, and you have people in this, like, the Spokian-type genre picking it out, whatever relics they can reach and get money for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know... Usually a story with, like, lost civilization and ancient relatives and relics usually get a sense of historical lore, but also a, a simple understanding with a background history. Because usually when you have an ancient civilization, usually that ancient civilization in some way is explained to modern day standards. Yeah. And then, you know, returning from the abyss can be super dangerous because you get the curse of the abyss. A mysterious and fatal melody that manifests upon ascension. The deeper one goes, the more acute the effects of the curse. 
few have described the low regions of a tone to tell the, the tales. So we see the main character go in this abyss, giant hole in the earth. We don't exactly know how it's there, but eventually we will find out how it's made and the stories that it can actually hold inside of it. It usually holds like different secrets and mystery. That's a really compelling element, I would suggest. So, if you were in, I don't know, Made in Abyss, would you be more acceptable to go into the deep ruins of the dark, or stay above in the surface world? Hello? Chemist, you there? Uh, yeah, give me a minute. So, if you were... What do you rather do? Go into the deep, dark abyss or stay in the surface world? Hello? Chemist? Yeah, yes, yeah, hold on, sorry. Uh, uh, give me a minute, it's kind of. Uh, yeah, hold on, can you give me a minute? I'm sorry. Okay. Well, the story made in the best builds on itself through several inclusions of what is found there and also what we also have the abyss theory, the synonymics and logistics, basically the study of language, meaning, and symbols. So it's interesting that we have. Not only do we have the depths of the abyss being the mystery, we also have creatures that dwell in the dark and two main characters whose main goal is to literally explore the depths of the abyss. You know, the, all you guys, the deeper you go, you start losing your humanity. Breaking, like, redirecting the coast, breaking the walls of the abyss, what do those mean? Basically, according, something is invisible that exists all over the abyss would make presence at the center, growing weaker on the edges. Didn't have the curse, so the curse is an ancient understanding. Yeah, later, like layer, layer one, you get dizzy or nausea. Layer two, you get heavy nausea, numbness of the limbs, and headaches. Layer 3, you get vertigo, which is basically not moving correctly, and hallucinations. The deeper you go, the more dangerous does it get on your body and your mind. You know, layer 5, all senses, you lose all sense of self, sight, smell, hearing. Layer 6, you lose you, you the loss of humanity. Mitty and other, other orphans. So this happened to Mitty, one of the main characters, and to the other people that were orphans with her, and also one such resulted in a demise of a character, too. Hey, I'm sorry about that, Mick. My dad came home and he needed help with groceries. Oh yeah, I was just going to the different like I was just going to the different layers of the abyss and things. So if you are on the surface world. Mm-hmm. Would you dare to go in the abyss or stay in the surface world? Will you feel safe? I'll probably, probably stay in the surface world. But if something compelled you to go in the abyss, would you go? Based on the different, the more, the further you go down, you could actually lose your life depending on if you're not careful. Probably. Hmm. Oh. I, I know one of them. Like layer four or five, you lose your ability to feel, see, smell, and all of that. So you don't have any senses to direct you. And then the further you go down, the more darker it gets. So it's like a the further you go down in the ocean, the more less sunlight you get, and therefore you can't see in the dark. Hmm. Okay. 
we and through the exploration of the abyss is where the world building element comes into part because there's mysteries in the abyss that actually create the journey of the two characters going down to explore the dark depths of the abyss step by step they want to explore the slow depths at a, a pace where they don't immediately I guess the word is have a having a casualty or fatality of some sort going to be wild being down there. So have you? So what do you think about me and Abyss so far? Um, the Abyss. Yeah, made in the Abyss. Made in the Abyss. Hmm. Made in the Abyss. Uh, I'm trying to think of them. Oh, it's a manga series, right? It's an anime series. Oh, I thought it was just... Yeah, I, I'm, I haven't really heard of that show, really. But what do you think of the the Abyss and its applications into the world itself? The fictional world of Made in the Abyss. Do you think the Abyss just has something more to tell than just being a giant hole? Yeah, I feel like it has something more than just that, actually. I agree. Because it, it, I mean, we're first introduced to the giant hole, and the characters have eventually have to go down there for the justification that they have at the time to go down there. So it's really interesting to see them go through that process and actually explore the depths without, with actually trying to come back safely. Really, it's like an exploration gone wrong, and they have to fix it. <laughs> and talk about exploration, there's another personal universe that's actually very compelling in lore and government and the high seas. You that's one piece. Yeah. I agree. So, so what elements of world building does one piece bring that no other show brings? In the world of One Piece, mm-hmm. what is the application of building the story and making it relatable? Um, I think while most shows only make the characters help further the story, One Piece often makes characters who may not even interact with the main story of hundreds of episodes. Like making a society where people exist not just for the old for the plot is what makes the world of One Piece feel alive. It's one thing to make an interesting world, but it's like another thing to make a world that people believably live in One Piece nails that every time, every single time, you know? True. And also, One Piece, the way it's set up in the world progression as a whole in the story, is it's a progression of a story. Once you see Luffy, you slowly get the world introduced through him exploring the world. It's not just you get all the world, here we are. There's still things you don't know, and there's still things that keeps you on your toes to what to expect. Because the One Piece structure is based on the Four Seas, the Grand Line, and the, also the Red Line. But within that story structure, instead of big continental countries we have islands as countries instead and the uh, age of pirates Goldie Roger as well so we have like the world the politics system aside from the uh, islands and the change in the weather and the different culture what do you think of the politics um I think, beside the politics, I'm kind of, like, interested in, like, the, the secret histories and, like, the secret rebellious, you know, factions and all that. I think they just get more approached differently. Like, in One Piece, no one really knows the, the world's true history. 
and it's purposely obscure to the you know to the tower of god however we almost get a you know like um he doesn't even like um i think i feel like we kind of don't know the the history or the lore of that tower and to get caught up up to the speed right along with us truth be told though i want to know the extent of one piece's world because <laughs> there's always been so much teasing and tension like i want to know the tower of god's ending because i just want to know what's the rules and the stuff of the tower you know tower of god's a totally <laughs> different anime um, I, I just well, that's what I'm interested in. <laughs> well, with the void sensor, you do bring up an interesting topic. The world government, or what we call, yeah, the world government—that's what the organization called. They have the Marines, in which they use to send out and protect the peace. There's like 20 plus, 140 different countries that are actually under the world government organization. They have a grand meeting, and that's how they condone policy and all that stuff but those countries that are left out and those countries that are left out either rebellious or isolated from the world and also with the lost century we had polyglyphs telling different stories and different realizations to the one piece itself to the ancient weapons so the we basically have a Dominating government that literally erased its oppressors 800 years ago, which is the start of the void century. Oh, I see. And most of the transcriptions of that history is only told in the poneglyphs. And the, only a very select few people currently in the One Piece story is able to decipher that text. I just the politics. What I also like about the One Piece as an implication, there's not just human species. There's the fishmen, the giants, the minks, the three leg tribe. We have an entirely different class system and how they're treated. What do you think? I'm saying about what? Think about the diversity of people in the, just not just non-humans as well. Um, I think it would be quite interesting if we lived in that type of world. <laughs> so you want to have a One Piece world where you rule by the celestial dragons and the celestial dragons are literally untouchables of society and they can't even be like in the same presence as you? I mean, yeah, to you be want fair. to have a, a someone that just basically wants to live in a bubble rest of their life? <laughs> Come on. Oh, I thought it's funny. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of funny because what they are protecting is people that are just descendants of the original obligations to the countries that created the world government. That's the literally only thing they have known to fame is the what the lineage is. And then we also have what do you think about pirates? Is anyone just a pirate or only a specific group of people is a pirate? I think um I think well I want to say pirate. I think to become king of the pirates, my I think it'd be like really, because like I feel like Luffy by himself, he has the potential to become, you know, the king of the pirates since you know he's now he's becoming the fifth emperor. But there's you know the other four emperors like Shanks and um, Kaido, Blackbeard, and Big Mom. They're also a dream is to become king of the pirates as well. So, for example, people like. Um, Law and Eustace Kid, mm-hmm. they're also have the same dream as Luffy. And there's also better people. Like there are stronger as other people, for example, like they're better than Zoro and they're better than Killer. And like they're better than like, um, I forgot who they were called again. Like the, um, like you know, you know, like you know, the group where they, they form themselves as a group, like the, um, 
The group that fools themselves as a group. That's a very interesting description. There's several organizations. The, the samurai, you got the world government, you got the marine ford. What are you talking about? No, because like, they're named after the um, the world government named them. Um, they named them. Huh? The secret organization, CPO? Um, they named, no, they're, the CPO gave them the name. Um, I'm trying to figure it out. Um. The sex power you were referring to? Well, also within the One Piece world, we also had different levels of fighting. Hockey, devil fruit, uh, the six powers in which, you know, you can oh, walk. they're like, um... Have, they're the worst generation. Yeah, yeah, worst generation is the supernovas of the ten the people oh, that had the high bounties that came from like seven directions to the from the Grand Line over. They were for them as the worst generation for they have been become infamous in the total bounty and bears that they are worth in being wanted by the world government. They have created, yeah, they have created drama and been the highlight of that drama since after Marine Ford was established. The Marine... So, I would think the progression of the storyline and how something that's mentioned like tw episode 20 can be relevant 200 episodes later is a really big implication of how much thought has been put into the world itself and how those differences are explained? What do you think? Uh, hmm. Like, an example, like, what good example could you give? Well, a good example is we have references of flashbacks of Joy Boy. Joy Boy is very significant to his promise that he gave to the fishmen. And in that promise, they are awaiting his return one day to wherever that promise to be fulfilled and actually prophesied by the Poneglyph. Uh. Or the Well of D. Just by having the initial D in your name is literally a big indication. Like, earlier, the earlier applications in the story, people with the name of D usually cause lots of conflict and become very infamous in the world. They have notoriety to their name. So it's like a big secret. It's a connection to the lost century again. What do you think... Yeah. Which mystery you like about One Piece? Well, what's behind the One Piece? Like, what's the, what's the one treasure <laughs> everyone's after, you know? Well, apparently, according to Luffy, One Piece is the most greatest... One is the most freedom you can ever have, and once you reach that freedom, you have got the One Piece. So his yeah. dream to get the One Piece is basically to achieve the greatest freedom that you can achieve in the setting of One Piece itself. Once you've reached it, you, there's nothing else that even comes close to the achievement. So it's really thought-provoking in how it presents itself and gives us more of anxiety over what the heck is going on, what how many episodes do we need to watch in order to actually get the answers that we want in this episode? You know? Yeah. Well, even with the application of the One Piece and different mysteries, why... We also have the budding question, why does the world government want to basically erase the 800 years of history that they don't want anyone to find out. That's basically what most of this comes down to and all the different 
applications of the world government trying to protect it and you know having pirates doesn't help that either well also one uh, Luffy is a pirate that doesn't really care about pirate things like gold as much as he likes eating more and also He's only going to step in and be a nuisance to someone else's evil plans if that person earns his respect. He meets a character along the way, and that's how you establish that arc that he's always in, you know? Yeah. So now, we are going to talk about... Alright, so within the the three examples we have, One Piece, Made in the Abyss... And attack on Titan. How do you think their stories differ and how those stories become similar? Um, comparing to One Piece, yeah. um, I think with One Piece is like they have like so many episodes and so many like <laughs> and chapters. You know, it's really hard to, for people. It's kind of hard to keep up, you know, because it's. I feel like it will it won't end until like we are tuned into like our eighties or until we die, you know. <laughs> uh, well, no, it's uh, it's gonna end because Oda has actually expressed like a year ago that he's like seventy. He want he's like seventy percent done with the the universe itself and the storyline. So it's gonna end. When it's gonna end? That's a question. Like next year or two. Yeah. So the application of world building is something you might want to take about. So if we take a simple thing such as a dog. If, if you find a dog, where does that where, where does that dog come from? Does he come from a good family? Was he put in a situation where when you found him, you saved his life? Or could that dog be a wild dog and just born in the wild? What do you think? I think the dog, you know, like, you know, the dog was abandoned and you eventually, you know, you trained it. And yeah, it's like, and it's like your loyal friend, you know, I kind of like that kind of story. Well, yeah, because within that story, you had the prediction of, well, was did the dog go through emotional trauma? That is the same thing with characters. Characters are portrayed through background. What is What influenced that character to be who they are now and who they're going to be going forward? What do you think? Um, for which anime we're talking about? Uh, One Piece, right? We're just talking about a character who has a background. Sometimes either has established goals, reason why they're doing things, or even simply noting the progress they're going to make forward when they're in the, going forward. Uh, yeah, I'm char- that's, that's part of character building, I believe. Um, well, you have to, the, yeah, huh? you got to build a character within the universe to set them apart. That's right. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. So let's take. Uh, let's see, that's characterization. Let's take a setting. Let's do a force. What do you think? What comes to your mind when you think of a force? What's some adjectives you can describe that force? Let's like three adjectives. Force? A force. Just a, a big words that just doesn't seem that doesn't end. Three adjectives. Um, force? Or like a force. physical force? A forest, uh, woodlands, all around you. Um, convincing, effective, strong, or forceful. 
Something like that, I guess. Okay, uh, so forceful, you think of what? The force is big and just a force of nature to be reckoned with? Yeah, or like you're being forced to do something you don't want to do. Or you're being pressured into something you don't want to do. So, yeah. so you're saying that the forest, going into the woods, has a mysterious element that don't go in that part of the woods. That's cursed, right? Yeah. Okay. So, there's different types of settings and landscapes that can be depicted throughout a story or anime itself. You know, a lot of people think of the woods as dark, mysterious, eerie. Sometimes we also have the human and hot nature and vegetation everywhere. Giant woods, giant trees. So it goes to show you that just by one setting... We also have to determine how it plays out, what are the aspects that who live there, the people who live there actually have a, have civilized, or is it just animals that roam, you know, there's different elements in which we explore the universe and the fictional aspect of the anime. <laughs> so what's your favorite, like, plot device that a lot of stories use for storytelling. Chemist. For storytelling, yeah, for storytelling, what about it? Well, what's your favorite elements and what story do you like storytelling to derive from, to come from? Um... I mean, it depends on which series we're talking about, really. Right now we're just talking um, about any series. Anything that you are most favorite to enjoy. Uh, are you that type of person, the good versus evil? The lone protagonist who projects himself to be different than others? Or you just trying to live your life and everyone keeps coming around you and basically annoying you. What aspect do you like the most in a story? I think the good and evil one. The good and evil one sounds pretty good. Okay. Let's go from good and evil. Usually with good and evil, it follows the hero's journey application. You got the hero that goes in the, in the, into battle. They face the oppressive force along the way. They have some type of struggle. They overcome that struggle. And once they overcome it, they have literally built the fortitude to face the evildoer. What do you think? Um, uh, yeah. I guess superhero, villain, you know, mm-hmm. those type of stories. Uh. And actually, you'd be surprised how much anime actually follows that, that type of story starring just by itself. The hero's journey. Now, the hero's journey is a totally different application but it's an element of storytelling that makes it more relatable. You can relate to the main characters because they have, they're just like me. They have the same struggles as me. You, you get what I'm saying? Yes. And that's why so many... Um, like, for example, Lord of the Rings follows that to a T. Everything is set out to be in the way of the hero. The hero can't come home, or the hero goes on a journey. You know, Luffy goes on a journey to be the Pirate King. And you continually see him be on that journey. We don't know how his journey is going to end up. We think he's going to become the Pirate King. But we're always left wondering, when (laughs) will he be the Pirate King, you know? Yeah. And with the Attack on Titan... There's the application of not only a journey aspect, but mostly self-discovery of who we are and what we came from and how can we overcome what what the Titans now to actually peaceful living now, you know? So I strongly feel that we're building as a whole 
is very important to consider. Without it, we would be lost. What's a personal take that you take from world building from this? From this discussion, what do you take? Um, like, for a world building perspective, mm-hmm. like, I'm guessing, like, it would just have to, like, change the effect of, like, the story or, like, the character building. Mm-hmm. You know? I'm not really sure how you describe it or how you explain it. <laughs> world building is the imagery and the setting and how the world is set up. One thing I take from world building as a really good thing is actually the culture. If you go in depth and how the culture is, then you can tell a story of a fictional universe and a country and actually tell their history. You know? Yeah, I yes. Mm-hmm. So, let's just say we did a case study on chemists. What is your culture? On me? <laughs> on you. What is your culture? Um, sometimes I kind of feel like I'm like a superhero. Like, sometimes I kind of feel like Superman, or sometimes I kind of feel like Sean Chi from the Marvel movie, you know, the Marvel, you know, <laughs> like, you know, Sean Chi, like, I kind of feel like him um, at times. Uh. <laughs> you bring up an interesting point. How you define yourself and how you visioning other comparisons you take, for example, Superman. Superman is very historical for the most powerful being in the perspective universe. And as such, his charisma, his heroism. So you aspiring to be Superman reminds me of how much of an impact that has on you. Your culture is that you think yourself as a person who's ambiguified by the world around them and the the structure within it. What do you think about that? Well, um, for like Superman wise, um, the thing with Superman is like he's kind of strict with like, Mm -hmm. well, yeah, well, he turned rogue eventually. Mm -hmm. And like because the justice got into his head. And he broke the moral code of to never kill a supervillain. And he killed the Joker because of, like, you know, he the Joker murdered his wife. And, he, again, Superman broke the moral code is to never kill the supervillain no matter what. But he broke the code in turn rogue. Yeah. So. And one aspect of culture that I define myself is the aspect of always being optimistic being a being a being a figure who brings out happiness I just want to give the entire world happiness and therefore and bigify my own existence by being somewhat important in that moment what do you think? For like culture wise, yeah. the reason why I chose Shang Chi because um, <laughs> when I learned about the Shang Chi movie, um, what they show is like they show a lot of the Chinese culture. Yeah. Um, for also example, for the Black Panther movie, yeah, sure they show like the cult- the African cultures and stuff, but not as much as you know the the, the, the Shang Chi movie where they actually showed you of uh, what the Chinese culture is and stuff, you know. And in world building, culture is one of those things, it gives depth to a particular city, country, setting. Because without that such culture, they have no, they don't have anything interesting. Because the culture is where you get your values, get your history, get your lineage, get your customs. All of that is defined in where you come from and how the people around you are similar and how they act as well. Yeah. And, you know, take, for example, arts. 
you know, we have sculptures and people doing different forms of painting and drawing. And in that drawing, they exhibit imagery and their own imagination and the culture they came from, possibly. Uh-huh. Personally, I think, you know, having the heritage where you come from is very important. And well-being itself, because your history plays a role into the story itself. So if you like Luffy, who has a controversial history of a dad being evolution, the leader of the, the, evolu- the revolution, and a grandfather being solely admired by his achievements in the military... It goes to show you that history plays a huge role as well. What do you think? Um, I think so. Uh, possibly. Um, I'm really not really sure how to like deeply explain, but um, I kind of want to hear your thoughts on it. Like, mm-hmm. what are your really thoughts on it? Well, my thoughts on history is it gives us a sneak peek into what was before and how that is inspired now. Because anytime you look at history, you always see, do this, and we did this. We did this war because we were low on food. Well, if we do that today, history has a, a negative connotation of, it will repeat itself. If you don't learn from history, then basically you're going to make the same mistakes again. Yeah. And as a character, if you know your history, then you know where you come from, so you can actually have a stronger self-esteem of who you are, what you're going to be. Now, if you say you have a, uh, a traumatic history, you want to make a better life for the people that might you might relate to or feel a, a similar sh- um, pattern to their life to yours. Yeah, I, I can I can see that. <laughs> so I mean, do you have like, more of a perspective on it? Or? Yeah, sure. If history plays a part in knowing the history, where do you? draw the lines and whether history is good or bad? Um, possibly. Well, for example, maybe like ending the world or like, um, hmm. Um, yeah, that's what, what comes into mind is like, you're trying to like end history, right? Yeah, yeah. And like, what's the purpose of doing that then? Well, in history, usually people, like evildoers, that want to have this notion to create a perfect world or take something from the world that they think is ugly and bad, by taking that, they have been misguided through their journey. And as a result, them dictating what the world should be is not fair for history gives you individual freedom and even if you don't like the person in front of you, you have to at least acknowledge that they don't have a totally different circumstance than, than you, you know? <laughs> so, I feel like we covered a lot within the world building discussion and how to not only make the story better, but make the story relatable and give it oomph. You know, the, the kick in your step to keep it going. Will you, any closing thoughts? Um, uh, um, for closing thoughts, 
don't know. I decided, yeah, um, not really. Well, I'm, um, I enjoyed it today. Like, I thought I enjoyed it. Like, uh, I just kind of lost out of words. I'm sorry. But, yeah, I had a, I had a good time, actually. You still <laughs> lost it. What was it? The world building has impacted you to think differently when you look at the story. Yeah, would you look at that? Uh, Alright, well guys, this is the world building uh, element in episode 2 of the podcast. Stay tuned as we give you more episodes and come to enjoy your company. Thank you so much. Say bye.